<laughs> Usually I say, are you ready? And you're like, and you say a couple more things before you start. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing our favorite books about Arctic exploration and what we've been reading lately. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Here at He Read, She Read, we believe that reading fosters relationships by sparking great conversations. We publish bi-weekly episodes on the second and fourth weeks of each month, and one of those is occasionally a book discussion. At the end of January, we're discussing Ghost Talkers by Mary Robinette Kowal, a science fiction and fantasy twist on a World War I spy story. Make sure you're following us on Instagram for buddy read news and other announcements at He Read, She Read. You can also get in touch with us via email at hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com, and you can find a list of all the books we mentioned in today's episode at hereadsheread.org under podcasts. If you're enjoying He Read, She Read, please take a few minutes to write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more bookworms find our show. We're so grateful for those reviews, and they really make our day. So we're still adjusting to our new show format. We have a short discussion on a bookish topic a book review from each of us from what we've read lately, and then book recommendations based on a specific topic. So um, don't forget to stay tuned to hear what we're currently watching and listening to and reading at the end of the episode. Um, But we're kicking off with talking about gifting each other books for Christmas. This episode airs on Christmas Eve, so it seemed appropriate to talk about how we exchange books with each other. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, if you were looking for Christmas book recommendations, because it's a little late on that. <laughs> but um, it's something that we've done for the past couple of years. Um, it's kind of, I don't want to say something that, I don't, I don't think it's something we've always done. I think our first year, our first Christmas of marriage, we did, and then maybe the next one. Like, we have skipped a few years, I think. I think it's a trend more in the last couple of years, because we always need more books, and then we don't always need more stuff. Yeah. So Well, we, we don't need more books, but... I would disagree. I need more books, but that's just because <laughs> I, that's the way that I am. But it's... I get more enjoyment out of getting a book from you that's thought out and something that you think I will enjoy. And I think some of the better books that I've read over the past couple of years have been ones that you found for me. So Oh. I know. <laughs> I Yeah. Um, we've talked about on our bookstore dates recommendations episode, we've talked about picking out books for each other. And that sort of applies here. I mean, um, sometimes we do have to ask like, oh, have you read this one yet? Mm-hmm. And check each other's Goodreads, especially just because you have so many books in your room that you've bought but haven't read so I haven't if I see you reading a book I typically remember it but there are a ton of books that I don't think I've ever seen of yours Mm -hmm. um and so that makes it kind of tough to pick out but typically if I can pick out something really current and recently published it's a good um good bet for you Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's fun to pick out books for each other um 
I have two for you this Christmas that I'm excited about. And I've kind of, like, I kind of based them on some other books that you liked. So, like, based on this one that you maybe talked about on the podcast, I picked this. Um, And we'll definitely update the listeners. Like, (laughs) we'll at least post on Instagram what we got each other bookish-wise for Christmas. But um, have you found a book for me yet? Nope. (laughs) I got time, though. It's only the beginning of December. Yeah, um, I tend to be like the early Christmas shopper. I like to have everything done by like the second week of December. So I got a little bit of time yet. I got to think it over. But sometimes what we've done for Christmas is we have said like, oh, well, we're going to go to the bookstore and our Christmas present to each other is picking out books for each other or just getting X number of books from the bookstore. I enjoy that because it's kind of the hunt aspect of being in the store together and then looking in areas that you normally wouldn't be in being like, I think she'd really like this. Yeah. Um, so that's always fun. We like experience gifts too, but I just, I do really like at least like one tangible thing that I can give to you for Christmas. So books are a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you're a bookish couple, it's fun. Oh, absolutely. No brainer. I think another really good book option for Christmas presents is get someone a gift card to your local bookstore and say, hey, we're going to go together and making it part of that date and like picking out a book. That is fun too. Mm -hmm. So if you're really last minute and you're listening to this and you still haven't gotten your significant other gift. There's a couple hours left. Some stores are open on Christmas Eve or you can print it out online, but go get that gift card and believe, set up a date. We believe in you. <laughs> you procrastinators. Um, I'm I'm really excited to give you the books that I found for Christmas and it'll be fun to update everyone. Well, now, we you, open them. now you make me feel like, okay, by the time this episode publishes, You'll have a book. I will have the book for you. <laughs> it's hard to surprise me too. So, when I feel like whenever you can really surprise me, you get very excited. What? Nothing. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I already got you something for Christmas. <laughs> that you haven't figured out. Will yet. I be surprised? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, the second part of the show is we're going to just do a quick review on what we're reading lately. I recently read The Lola Quartet by Emily St. John Mandel. I think I've probably talked about Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel as one of my absolute favorite books of all time on the podcast before. I love her writing style, and I hadn't started her backlist until now. I really liked The Lola Quartet. Did not live up to Station Eleven level for me, but I really enjoyed it. It's got kind of like a noirish feel. The main character, um, he's described as someone who is a newspaper man, but he wishes that he could, like, be in the 1940s newspaper room instead of the modern day. And it kind of coincides with the recession and the housing bubble and him getting laid off of work in conjunction with that, in conjunction also with print media sort of dying and all going to the internet. So it's got those interesting social commentary background things going on. Um, And it's about him looking for his daughter There's this connection with this quartet, um, a jazz quartet that he played with in high school, and sort of the book follows each of their stories as well. I like stories where it's like that, where you kind of follow the threads and then it's all connected together somehow. So I really enjoyed it. Um, 
It was for my Facebook book club that I run for friends and family long distance. And it was a good book club pick. There was like stuff to discuss, but it wasn't anyone's like favorite. Um, It's very dark. So I would say it's a good book to pick up this time of year, um, but not my favorite of Emily St. John Mandel. But it's hard to say that because that's only the second one that I've read of hers. Um, I'll read the rest of her backlist. I'm also really, really excited about The Glass Hotel, her new book that's coming out soon. So The Lola Quartet was good, but if you haven't read any Emily St. John Mandel, you need to start with Station Eleven. I actually, so I think I posed this on Instagram once because Station Eleven's being adapted for an HBO series. And so I asked followers on Instagram if they think it would make a good buddy read for us because I would like to reread it before the show comes out. And I think that you would really like it. There's like a Shakespeare element to it. I like Shakespeare. It's that like atmospheric really good world building that you like in literary fiction. I do like those things, yes. So, and it's one of my favorite books of all time. So I think that might be a 2020 buddy read for us. We'll put it on the board. <laughs> um, so I read Strength to Love by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We were talking about this when I started it, uh, that we had both liked a lot of his speeches and you taught some of the his letters from Birmingham Jail. Um it, As far as I know, it's just the one letter, but yes. (laughs) Good job. Well done. Okay, go ahead. Good job. Um, So I think this is the first standalone book of his that I've ever read, and I enjoyed it from the get-go. So the foreword is by his wife, Coretta, talks about the influence of this book and how people would constantly come up to her saying that this, this is the one that people remember and saying transformed their lives. For me, the big takeaways were about your inner transformation um, and kind of this philosophy on strength and projecting like a strong mind, not be in, but also tender heart. So mm. that was kind of like something that I enjoyed is like having your mind open to getting all the facts. And that's what he's talking about being like of strong mind where you're like not taking your opinions right away and taking in all the information, but then also not being a hard-hearted person where you're just closed off from people and having that tender heart and uh, soft side. So I enjoyed him as always, and you were like, it's only because he's one of the most genius people in, that ever lived. <laughs> well, you, you were reading the book, and you turned to me, and you are like, oh, he's just so good. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Newsflash, guys. Martin Luther King Jr. I haven't read that one yet, and I'm definitely going to steal it from you when you're um, done letting it sit on your shelf. Yeah. Are you going to put it in my office for me? We talked (laughs) about that last episode. I like to sneak books in your office when I'm done with them. All of a sudden, more stuff just ends on the pile. I'm like, how did this get here? (laughs) It'll find its way to your side. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited to read that one. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. You know we love audiobooks for long road trips, chores, or walking Penny around the neighborhood. We also try to avoid purchasing books on Amazon, and that's where our favorite audiobook app, Libro FM, comes in. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite indie bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. 
With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as Audible, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. To get started, all you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of He Read, She Read podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. That's three audiobook credits for the price of one. And get this, it's the same price as Audible. Exactly the same price, but with a better mission. We've made the switch to Libro.fm and hope you will too. Go to Libro.fm, L-I-B-R-O dot F-M and enter the promo code H-R-S-R or grow through the link in our show notes. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. All right. Curtis, it's December in our world in New York and... Hopefully, when this episode comes out and we're in Wisconsin visiting family, um, hopefully there's snow. Yeah, because we enjoy Arctic-level conditions when we, we do when we go home. Um, and so uh, we're going to share our favorite stories of Arctic exploration because it's just the perfect time of year to cozy up in front of the fireplace under a pile of warm blankets and read about people who are also trying in- to survive in the snow. <laughs> They're also in freezing cold temperatures under blankets. Um, um, so- sometimes eating things they never thought that they would. <laughs> <laughs> so part of why I like this segment is that we're taking a topic and each sharing a book you know, it's clear by now that we have very different reading tastes. Obviously, there is some overlap, but we're taking the same topic and just sharing a book each on that topic to sort of show that you can connect with someone over reading, even if you're not necessarily reading the same exact book. But you can say like, oh, we're going to read on this theme or this topic, read two different books on that theme and still come together and talk about it. Yep. And um, this topic arctic exploration i mean i never thought that i would be super interested in that and yet there are a couple of stories that have shown me that it's absolutely fascinating and um the book that you're going to talk about i think i might want to pick up too so i'm excited to hear you talk about it well i think part of it just comes from our background of being cold weather people and from the midwest and now the northeast and we understand like the privation aspects when they're talking about the cold and all of those things. So we can actually feel it because mm-hmm. we've got that background. I think it'd be different for people if you grew up in like Texas or California, not to judge people from Texas. And California. <laughs> well, they would connect with the story in a different way. It would almost, I mean, it would be more foreign to them, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for us, we're like, oh, we can relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that I always bring up and that's my favorite story is the classic, uh, the, uh, Endurance Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, which is by Alfred Lansing. So this details the exploration of an expedition to the South Pole by uh, Sir Ernest Shackleton and just talks about the adventure that took place once the ship Endurance got packed in and the ice and was adrift. Um, my favorite part of the whole story is the ordeal that Shackleton takes with his cr- smaller crew on these boats that are going out into the ocean to try to get help. So it's it's two parts. It's the survival story on the ice of the crew once they are um, stuck there, and then also this journey that 
Shackleton takes with a smaller crew to go get help and try to get them to survive. So they went to the South Pole by ship, right? Yes, and never actually made it. So that was, was all. So the... where did they go that they got stuck? In the ice. Okay, so, so they got stuck on the ice before they made it to the South Pole. Yes. Um, so Lansing, but when he published this, relied on interviews with the crew and was reading all of their journals that they kept. A lot of people on the expedition kept journals. So it's, it reads like a first-person account, even though it's not. And because of that historical and research done on it, I think it's the definitive book on the Shackleton expedition. Um, what year were they? This was in 1914 um, is when they started. And then a couple months into the expedition in January of 15 uh, was when they got locked in the ice and didn't make it to the South Pole. And then over the next, I think it's the next year it takes for them to get off the ice and then back home. And not to spoil it for anybody, but he didn't lose a single guy. They all. That's part of the incredible part of the voyage. I mean, that is insane. Is that they all made it back? Um, So part of what I remember about you reading this book is that we were at my parents' house for Christmas Mm -hmm. last year. And my dad, he, I wouldn't call him an avid reader. He likes to buy books and he has read a few that he loves, Um, but he doesn't like read consistently. Um, But this is one book Um, I don't remember how you guys were talking about it, but he was like, I have the book for you and you definitely want to read this. Mm -hmm. And he handed this off to you and you read it in like two days. Yes. What were, what are a couple of the anecdotes without spoiling too much of the book? What are a couple of things that you can tell us that like are hooks to get into the book or are really incredible parts? I think it's just the daily life on the ice once they're stuck. And that's the nature of Lansing reading from the journals and talking to members of the crew. You really feel like you're with them stuck on the ice. And then it's the descriptions of Shackleton where his leadership aspects and some other books that I've read uh, like Forged in Crisis talk about him and like his leadership style. And that kind of led into me wanting to read this book because he's just considered he's just the stalwart figure um, that is so focused on getting them home and doesn't let the circumstances get to him. So in a lot of these cases with other expeditions, people will like go crazy or like start to panic. He didn't do that. He was just the strength of his leadership being like, Hey, we're going to get home. Wasn't there an example of like, he made them do something every day Well, they had a strict routine. What was I forget, I forget what their routine was because um, it's been a while since I read it, but you're right. They would have to go out and exercise the dogs. They would have to um, – part of the expedition was like getting readings and all of these things. So. Logging information. Mm-hmm. So they still did a lot of what they were going to do. It's just that they were stuck. Yeah. Um, so in addition to that one, you bought me the other book that I'm going to talk about, which is In the Kingdom of Ice by Hampton Sides. I think I've read Ghost Soldiers, which is another one of his books, um, but it's that at least seems familiar. I think that's another one that's on your dad's bookshelf. Speaking sounds of, about I'm right. Speaking of, um, so this is set in 1879 and covers the story about the crew of the U.N.S. Jeannette, where they're trying to actually reach the North Pole, 
So they were two years into a, a voyage, and then the ship's hull was breached by ice, forcing the crew to abandon ship, and then uh, were marooned a thousand miles north of Siberia. And then they start walking on the ice uh, to try to get to Greenland, I believe. So this seems like it's going to be another harrowing tale that I don't know when I'm going to pick it up, but it's very much a cold weather book. So hopefully sometime this holiday season. And uh, the fun part is that I have absolutely zero recollection of buying it for you. <laughs> Did I get it for you for your birthday, maybe? I don't remember. I, I seriously cannot remember for the life of me. Like, I do kind of recognize the cover, and I believe you that I got it for you, but I have absolutely no idea when or for what I bought that for you. Well, that's the fun part. <laughs> um, but that is In the Kingdom of Ice by Hampton Sides, yeah. and I... I think it's safe to say that you're going to enjoy that one. Yeah. Uh, Best book of the year by USA Today and Time Magazine and a bunch of other people. I think I heard about it on NPR or something, but it is published in 2015, so it's been a little while. But yeah, I'm glad that you don't remember getting it for me. (laughs) I have just absolutely zero recollection. All right. Um, what's the one you're going to talk about? Well, so this book is part of what inspired this whole episode because I've been waiting to talk about this book on the podcast. I felt like I couldn't talk about it because it was out of print and it seemed unfair to talk about a book that people had no access to. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this book in our favorite used bookstore in Milwaukee, Downtown Books Bought and Sold, and I... <laughs> don't remember exactly why I picked it up. I think I remember thinking the cover was beautiful and I read the description and thought, hey, that sounds interesting. But it is A Woman in the Polar Night by Christiane Ritter. It is now back in print by Pushkin Press. They are in the UK, but you can order the book and they will ship to the US. And it's pretty affordable. I think that the paperback is maybe like around 13 US dollars. So that's not terrible. And then shipping was maybe like eight bucks. It's not bad. Um, so you can get this book. Um, I feel like I can talk about it now. So um, we, I will definitely add the link from Pushkin Press in the show notes so that if this sounds like you would enjoy it, you can go there and order it. Um, their paperback is absolutely stunning stunning and beautiful. I love the redesign. So anyways, um, A Woman in the Polar Night is a memoir. Christiane Ritter um, is Austrian and she married an Arctic explorer. And in 1933, she joined him in the Arctic to um, just to like be with him and say hello because for a lot of their marriage they were apart. Um, She was at home raising, I believe they just had one child, Um, and she's a painter. So she was excited to go up to the Arctic and spend time with her husband and um, he also had like an exploration partner with him. And um, she was just excited to go up there. She had heard his stories of the beautiful wilderness. She thought, oh, well, I'm just going to be like all cozy in a cabin and read a bunch of books. Um, but it turned out to be a lot more harrowing than that. First of all, like the Arctic gets dark 
Yeah. So <laughs> she had barely any light to like read by. Um, she has to deal with the wildlife and trekking out um, to explore and help her husband. And she, like, this memoir is basically a collection of her journals from the time. I feel like because she's a, an artist, she has a really great way of describing everything. So this is definitely more of a book. It's not, it's not like Ernest Shackleton where it's like a bunch of stuff happens and it's survival and things like that. Like there are a couple of harrowing events in the memoir where you're concerned for her safety, but for the most part, it's more reflective and more descriptive. It's a little bit slower paced, I would, I would say. It is translated from German. Um, and I believe that German editions are still available in print everywhere, but the English version just recently became available again. And uh, I just remember being completely mesmerized by it. I was mesmerized by her writing and just, it's a really good book to read on a snow day when you're trapped inside because you'll really feel how she's feeling being sort of trapped inside their hut. Um, and it's one of my favorite books of all time. It's one of the first memoirs that got me thinking like, oh, I actually think I really like this genre. Mm-hmm. And I always love a book that sort of like gets me thinking about a genre in a new way or encourages me to pick up other books like it. So I love this book so much. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that it's in print so that I can tell everyone to go read it. I think that's going to be the fun part about doing this segment is we don't always think that there's a lot of crossover in our reading lives, but we've got a lot of random topics uh, that we're going to be covering in this segment and each having a recommendation for people is going to be fun. Yeah. And like, as you were talking about what you loved from Ernest Shackleton's story, like you liked just the day to day, how they did things and, you know, how does a human be a human in these circumstances? That's exactly what I liked in this book too. And so it's going to be fun to see that crossover for sure. And to give each other book recommendations. Cause it's not like throughout the course of our relationship, we've talked about every single book that we've read together. <laughs> so it's going to be fun to pull some really good backlist titles. Yep. So the books that we mentioned will be in our show notes, but once again, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, In the Kingdom of Ice, and A Woman in the Polar Night. And if those titles don't sound perfectly wintry and cozy to you, then I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. Um, so then we're going to close the show with our watch, listen, read segment, covering what we're currently watching, listening to, and reading. Our uh, watching choice right now is incredibly appropriate with uh, the Ernest Shackleton book because the main character has a really specific connection to Ernest Shackleton and it's like a major motif throughout the show. So that's Atypical, which is on Netflix, one of their original shows. Um, the fun part about Sam, who's the main character, um, is he's got this fascination with the Antarctic and penguins and brings up I think it was in the first episode that he's bringing up Ernest Shackleton's expedition so it's in its third season and we enjoy it just for the quips and there I think there's we fell in love with that show um it's it's not drama and it's not comedy it's like a nice somewhere in the middle um like the humor is really sweet and alleviates some of the deeper moments, but it's um, heartwarming and thought-provoking characters that you want to root for, but they 
all really make some big mistakes and you see them navigate that. I really love the way that from season one through season three, they've used Ernest Shackleton's journey in relation to Sam and his journey. Yes. And pretty much every episode, he mentions something about the voyage and something about the expedition that he's then applying to his life. And I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we definitely recommend Atypical if you haven't been watching it on Netflix yet. Um, I've been listening to this podcast that I really want you to listen to, but I know it's not like initially you wouldn't think, oh yeah, I'm interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been listening to Dolly Parton's America and it's so good. I think I first heard it recommended on the podcast. I think that it was a green light from Knox. Um, And so I downloaded it and thought like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And I am completely hooked. The... It's not that I was super interested in Dolly Parton to begin with, but she is very interesting and I do love her now. Um, it's the storytelling of each episode. I don't think I would have appreciated it as much prior to having my own podcast mm-hmm. where like, I, it's not like I'm a major big time producer or anything, but I do have a better understanding of like the background of what it takes to make a story and sort of like put the pieces together. And the way that the story is told and the way that they pull in interviews and that they splice everything and like bring in special experts and like connect dots that I never would connect myself. It is so, so good. You don't have to be interested in Dolly Parton to appreciate it. Um, You just have to like really good storytelling. I think, and this sounds like completely ridiculous, but I think if you liked Serial, this is along those same lines where it's about the way that it's put together and the way that it's produced. And that's the big draw. So Dolly Parton's America, such a good podcast. I hope that you might pick it up and try it. It's so good. Maybe I'll just save an episode to listen to on our road trip. That sounds like it would work if we're incorporating it into our road trip. Like I like country music, but I don't, and some of the stories about Dolly Parton have been on like drunk history and stuff like that. I'm not a big, like the biggest Dolly Parton fan, but the way that you talk about it all the time makes me think that I would like it. I think you would for sure. So when we're talking about what we're reading right now, uh, I'm reading Prisoners of Geography, which is 10 maps that explain everything about the world. I know. Big draw. Super nerdy. Um, Tell me more about this. So that's by Tim Marshall. So it's a geopolitical book uh, that talks about how or it uses maps to show regions at different points in history to show like political decision making and how uh, the geographic limitations of a country or a region influenced leaders and the politics of that area. So it's part, it was one of the books that we're reading for our upcoming deployment and then discussing as a staff. So... I'm enjoying it. Maps. I'm not good at geometry. I thought you were going to pull that joke out. No. (laughs) I thought for sure that one was coming. It only happens organically. (laughs) That is one of my favorite dad jokes for the peoples. Uh, I'm sure I've done it on the show before. I'm sure it's already happened. Yeah. Okay. So my current read, Disappearing Earth, is about a kidnapping... um, and a disappearance of these two girls. We know from the first chapter that it's a kidnapping, but the other characters don't necessarily know that. And it takes place on the Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. So it's a really unique setting. I'm really enjoying the 
um, atmosphere and sort of the descriptions of this setting because I've never, I actually, to be honest, I don't know if I've read, aside from Anna Karenina, I don't know if I've read any books set in Russia. Um, it's just not a region that I read a lot about. So, and especially this peninsula, um, its geography is really unique and its culture is really unique. So each chapter, at the very beginning, we see that the girls go missing. We know that they were kidnapped. The other characters just know that they've disappeared. That's not necessarily like the central part of the book. So if you are looking for like a traditional mystery thriller, this is not it. Um, Each chapter goes into a different character's perspective and they are all somehow related, but I don't think I'll find out how they are until the end. Um, But each chapter so far has been a little bit about how the kidnapping and the missing girls have affected their life. Um, But it's almost like they read like short stories. So you get this like chapter of a background of a whole person's um, experience and what they're going through in the moment. And I just really like that format. Um, I've read reviews that say that it does have a resolution at the end. So I'm looking forward to that because even though um, I'm really enjoying the short story like chapters and even though I'm enjoying the writing, I do definitely want to know like what happens to these girls that disappeared right at the beginning. Um, I can understand why this book was listed for many awards because it's really unique. It's Julia Phillips is an author that I think I'm going to keep my eye on and definitely pick up more of her work as she continues to write. So I would recommend this one. Um, I guess it it doesn't really totally fit with Arctic exploration because that's not really what it's about, but it is a cold setting. So I guess it kind of ties in with the episode. If you're looking for a book that's going to be really sort of like get you in a different setting and atmosphere, Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. I'm really enjoying so far and I'm sure I'll review it in a little bit more depth um, on the show or at least on Instagram. So I'm liking that one so far. Nice. That brings us to the end of the episode. I hope that um, people are excited to pick up some stories of Arctic exploration. And uh, just a note that our upcoming buddy read is Ghost Talkers by Mary Robinette Kowal. We will talk about that at the end of January. Um, For news and announcements, stuff about our buddy read, you can connect with us on social media or via email. Our Twitter and Instagram handle is at hereadsheread, and you can email us at hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com. We also publish show notes at hereadsheread.org. You can go to that website and then click on podcast in the upper right-hand corner, and that's just a list of all of our show notes. You can click on the episode and get links to every book that we talk about. And we just want to say a big thank you to our favorite audiobook service, Libro FM, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and remember, the couple that reads together. Doesn't get enough cold outside, so they get it from the books. <laughs> Bundle up. <laughs> <laughs>